Hello, you're listening to Dragonfly Heart Medicine Radio, a place where like-minded people come together to discuss spirituality, awakening, plant medicine, and the computer. Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Dragonfly Heart Medicine Radio. It is a pleasure to be with you, and I am really looking forward to our guest for today. Um, We actually went to high school together, and we didn't really know each other that well then, but it's been cool to kind of co-journey a little bit with each other um, via Facebook, Um, and it's been a pleasure to witness her journey and her growth and evolution. And so, um, Carrie, if you would like to take a moment to just introduce yourself and share why you chose to be on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Kristen. Um, yeah, I think a big part of it was our, you know, Facebook connection and high school connection and just seeing it's been interesting to me to see like who has gone in this direction of healing and energy medicine and all sorts of, you know, spirituality. Um, because that definitely wasn't like the vibe of the school we went to or anything like that, you know? And, um, I remember when I was a kid and, and I guess in high school too, like I was, I was into astrology then, but I was kind of embarrassed by it. It was not something I like really ever talked about. And, um, you know, which was probably my entryway to all of that alongside, you know, being raised, um, in the church and having, you know, feeling this spiritual connection, um, but not necessarily, uh, you know, let have how that evolved over the years versus the like, you know, how Christianity shows up in the South and, and it does in many different ways and not really being like, well, that's, that's not all. Like, I feel like there's some things that at least for me, I would see things happening in the church and be like, oh, like, why aren't we talking about that? (laughs) Like that real thing that's going on, like that, you know, and, um, you know, but I connected so deeply, like to the music and to just a a feeling of something bigger that, um, really moved me. So it was like, what, what is this, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Cause I grew up in the church and as I got older, I started to question things a little bit. Um, and I ended up like shifting and going to different churches who had like a broader perspective on things and were definitely had more music and it was like upbeat and yeah, like, I didn't know exactly what I was experiencing then, but just feeling that connection, you know, to something bigger than myself and then, you know, getting more into spirituality as well and really unraveling, like, you know, our connection to God, our connection to source and all of those things. Uh, so Yeah. I feel like we yeah. kind of that in common. Um, so in our brief chat before we got on to record, you mentioned you wanted to talk about um, the creative process and what yeah. that can look like and the changes that it can bring, um, not just to you know the project itself, but to your life. Yeah, um, it's been interesting because it's something that I started with. Like, so I'm I'm a coach and a healer and a human design like guide. And, um, I started off really being like, I want to help people with creative projects. And I did that for a while. And then that led me to finding these other tools of the healing modality. I do of human design because I could see that, or it just, I just found that there were, there's, there's more to it. Like doing a one woman show or starting a podcast or being a painter or whatever it is like there's more to it than just 
oh, just go do it and make it happen. And I feel like a lot of the, um, I don't know, I guess I always think of like, you know, someone like Stephen King. I, I don't know if it's actually his advice, but it's like attributed to him a lot. I'm pretty sure I'm just like, right. It's just about discipline. It's just about showing up and sitting down at the, at the chair, you know, and, and on a level, like there's a lot of truth to that. And I found that um, with women, especially though, it can be, it can really be anyone, but women, especially, I think because we've grown up in patriarchy, there's a lot more like wounding around our voices and our bodies and, you know, being seen and taking up space. And does my, does what I have to say really matter? Does my story matter? Like, am I good enough? All of this stuff is within it. And then, so there's all of that stuff, which is more like the emotional healing side. And then there's also the, like, you know, who am I? Um, what, what, what do I uniquely have to say? What is my unique perspective? What do I bring to the table? And that's tends to be more the human design side. And like, how do I do this in the most easeful way? Um, because, you know, when we're kids or in school, you know, even though it's still difficult for creativity to be supported, then it still can be more supported than when you're an adult, right? When you're an adult, you have all of these extra responsibilities and relationships and taking care of a house or in your job and all of that stuff. And it's like, wow, it just gets harder and harder um, to give time to your creative self and do these like soul projects that are really important, I think, for people's like evolution and confidence. And um, yeah, for me, it's always been like, I mean, the best creative projects, and I feel like I have to learn this lesson again and again, are not like strategic. They're, you know, I have to, something in me has to do this, like to heal, you know? Absolutely. And I like how you called it soul projects. It's like, we do so much. I feel like in the society, we're feeding our mind where, you know, and we're like exercising our minds with these jobs that we have, or these things that we do, or these books that we read. And we're also really attending to our bodies. And, you know, there are a lot of people who exercise a lot, but we sometimes forget about like the soul. What does our spirit want to do? And I went through a phase really recently for about a week and a half or two, where I was waking up between three and four with like all this energy And it was always like, I was thinking about all these things I wanted to create (laughs) and it was happening so often. And I was in, you know, um, have a really cool therapist. And I was like explaining this to her. And I'm like, I think if I just like paint, I'm going to be able to sleep again. She's like, well, then why don't you paint? I'm like, I don't know. I guess there's like a part of me that was afraid that it might like be ugly or that it wouldn't, you know, whatever. But I put all that aside and I painted like this picture and, um, yeah. And then I have slept really well for the past week because I, yeah. like, I like got that energy out. Um, yeah. we, we, you know, and there's so many different ways to create, you know, it doesn't have to be painting or writing, you know, like me doing my podcast as a creative project. Yeah, right. definitely. I love that. And I love that how it speaks to your intuition too. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this is what I'm feeling will help. And look, there you did it, you know, and how much, I mean, it's, it's so helpful to have someone, a therapist or a coach or whatever to help reflect that back to you, but also just like how much we know, you know, when we just listen to ourselves. 
Um, it's just about practicing because we get we get out of practice of really listening to ourselves and relying on so many other outside sources. So what are some creative projects you're currently working on or have worked on in the past? And how has that helped shape where you are now? Yeah, um, it's funny because I've been, I've got this new website that's launching on next week, though it's actually up now. And it kind of mixes my creativity and my coaching my work in a way that I haven't really done before and like puts them kind of side by side. So it feels, I've been looking back at projects and being like, what has been the most important? Uh, and, and that's really interesting to find of like, which ones did I actually finish? What, and, and they, it does come back to this, this healing thing. There's, I've done a couple different one woman shows. Um, and the first one, I don't want to get too much into this story, but the first one was um, because I had lost my voice and I couldn't sing without pain. And I was, I had just finished my first album as a singer songwriter. Like that's what I was going to do. And then I was sexually assaulted and I couldn't speak without or sing without pain. And it was um, devastating because that was going to be like my career. And so a few years after that, I was sort of figuring out what it was. And I was finding these, um, this book about narrative medicine and how you can kind of heal chronic illness with the story you're telling about it, like, and that the story has to make sense. So I had this intuition at that point, which was like, you know, I, my throat stopped, um, like my, the, the pain showed up, even though there was stuff, there was like bulimia in the past and things like that, that definitely contributed, contributed to it. The pain didn't show up until this moment when I was assaulted and I didn't tell anybody about it. Right. So I figured that maybe if I share this story that will heal, you know, that will heal my voice. And, and it did on a level. And then there was still more (laughs) like since then it's been like, oh yeah. And this past life and this, you know, this thing, there's like many more layers than I wanted there to be, to be honest. I was thought like, oh, it'll be the creative project that does it. Um, And it did, like, I was able to, you know, go from not being able to perform at all to being able to do an hour long show and it not, you know, and it be doable, not something that I could do every night, but something that I could do, I could get it recorded. And most importantly, just go through the process of really reflecting on, you know, what had, what had happened the last few years. Um, That show ended up being about, you know, moving to New York city, being really excited for theater school, finding songwriting, and then getting caught up in a lot of, um, relationships with men that were just, uh, I want to say they were all about sex, but they weren't, they definitely weren't for me, but probably for them. (laughs) And just not respecting like what I truly wanted and not knowing how to stand up for myself, not valuing myself enough, um, to do that. And so that show really ended up being a reflection on that. And then what was the moment that I did start standing up for myself? And it's interesting because actually my husband came in shortly after that. Um, and he supported that show a lot. Like I know it was uncomfortable topics for him, but he was very supportive of me doing it. Um, sharing this journey of like losing my voice that being like losing myself first, it felt like, 
right? Then losing my voice and then getting to this crisis point that forced me to have to start to change and show up differently and really begin the journey that I've been on since then of, you know, not just vocal healing, but just healing my self-image, healing my body image, you know, healing all the eating disordered stuff that was happening around then, you know, and um, so I think without that little, that reflection that happened in that creative project, project. I didn't, I didn't know that that was, was what the story was about really until I did it for me. It was just like, well, I, I just, I just felt there was something here. I knew that I needed to move forward in a way. And I thought that maybe if I combine storytelling and music, it'll be easier on my voice. And and then so much more came out of it, you know, so much more deep insight came out of that experience. So beautiful. And thank you for sharing. Um, There's so many people I feel like can relate to that, especially as women and not that men aren't ever sexually abused. Um, But, you know, there's just so much like shame and guilt that comes with that. And most people, I mean, because I've had issues with that too. And then, you know, just not speaking up. Um, You know, I ended up, you know, as a child going through a lot of things and a lot of changes, and I never really spoke up about it. I was bullied a lot in middle school, for example. There's possibly some history of some sexual abuse, um, and I ended up getting thyroid cancer when I was 13, like wow. such a super young age, but I wasn't like using my voice at all, yeah. and so it's just interesting how you had an idea what your story was, was, but then when you really sit down and start to unpack it, that's when all the layers came through like you know peeling that onion and like oh this isn't just about this one time it's about this and about this and we can start to see like you know we take a step back because a lot of times when we're in the midst of it it's very heavy and it's hard to really gain um, that higher perspective and I remember seeing some of the videos I don't know several years ago when you would post on Facebook of you singing and just how like it would always brighten my day to um, like hear your voice and I enjoy singing too but a lot of times I don't because I still have I still have shame around like my voice and being heard and being seen and I think that's why this podcast has been really great for me to do because um, you know I'm sharing space and holding space for other people um, but as we're all sharing stories together like we're healing together it feels yeah. like a lot more than just like a podcast, you know, because the people totally. that I'm attracting to be guests have all just been like phenomenal and everything just flows so well for that. I'm super, super grateful. Um, so are you working on anything, any projects right now? Yeah, it's really interesting. I, website. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. There's always some kind of project and whether it's more business related or art, it's like always, the you know, finding the balance between those. Um, but I'm in this interesting place where I, like, I started this project, gosh, in early 2020. So in early 2020, I performed my second one, one woman show, no one is coming to save you. Um, and then I, the pandemic happened because back then I was like, I'm going to, I was finally like, yes, I'm ready to perform again. I'm going to start to like book a venue in New York city for like, March, 2020, (laughs) April, 2020, you know, to have a bigger performance. Cause I just did like a small invited performance in January. And it was so interesting because 
I was trying to find a venue and nothing was really feeling right. Nothing was working out in February. So I was like, okay, I'll just wait, you know, it, the right thing will come through when it happens. Then of course I would have had to cancel that show anyway. So we were all at home and I started, it was just like a two week um, group, like free Facebook group where I was leading people through morning warm-up practices. And we were doing like weekly creative co-working times. And it was just sort of like, let's use this time, this, what I thought was going to be two or three weeks inside to like, you know, um, to work on something creative. And so I started a podcast, a narrative podcast called, um, well, a, a section of it called story of my voice. And it was kind of like an audio memoir of like the full story, right? Because my one woman show had kind of gotten like a piece of it, but I knew that it was longer, right? There were all these other layers to the healing that I didn't expect. And I was like, okay, I'm going to tell that story. So then I start writing that story and um, recording it. And it feel it's like, I'm getting so detailed that it's like a memoir, like doing an audio memoir or something. So I produced four episodes of that. And it's been interesting because lately I've been feeling like it's time to put that down because I could do like it, what it would take to do it the way I've been doing it is probably like 20, 25 episodes. Like it's a long, it could take me years to finish this project. So I'm like, oh, you know, and it's tough because I mean, we all have things that we start and don't finish and, and it, it, there has to be this like moment of you know, this real questioning of yourself of, am I, am I not finishing this because I'm avoiding something in it? Right. Or am I making a choice because there's something that's more important to me, right? My priorities have shifted. Maybe I got what I needed from that project. And so lately I've been really sitting with that, like, which, which is it? Right. Uh, and, and it's hard because all those stories can come up about like, oh, well, you're lazy or you don't finish things or whatever. But I really, I do really feel like it's the latter that, you know, that project is actually is not the most important thing. Telling the story in that way is not the most important thing. What's actually scarier to me is recording my music again. Um, and so, which is something that I've like had a lot of start and starts and stops over the last few years. And I've just never let it go all the way. Um, never invested the money that I would need to write, not since that original album that kind of got thwarted. So, and that's been interesting too, because I'm like, well, I don't want to be a singer songwriter. Like that's not like the thing, but I do know that I have, there's stuff to be healed around that. Um, also around being seen like on video, I've noticed a lot of like jealousy in myself from other people, like in music, other women, like friends of mine or something that are like in music videos. And I'm like, Oh, I wish that I could, you know, why won't somebody ask me to do that? You know? So I'm, I'm, what I'm like playing with right now is the idea of getting together a band, um, and recording, recording auditorily and visually three songs that um, are more more songs that I've written uh, as an adult like beyond beyond some of my like my early material I was so young I was like 19 20 21 you know and those songs are beautiful and I love them but there's some songs I've written in the last few years that just have um, 
little more weight to them, a little bit more of like the maturity that I want to bring to bring out in the world at this point. Um, so I'm, it's like, nothing's kind of set in motion. I'm kind of percolating on, you know, letting that old project go and starting this, you know, just three songs, but also like make it a music video that you are in because I have like shadow around that, you know? And I'm like, okay, it's time to work that out. <laughs> time to do it. Time to step out on that stage. Yeah. I love, it. I love all of that. And it's interesting how you said, you know, sometimes we start projects and we don't always finish them. And, you know, that question of, is it because we're avoiding something that's going to come through by doing this, or is it just, you know, this project, you know, already kind of served its purpose and we're ready to move on because I have been trying to write this book for like years and I've changed the style of it so many different times. Like, well, first it was going to be like, you know, just strictly nonfiction. I'm like, Oh no, that's boring. I'm going to make it fiction, but like based on my life, but like I've restarted it like five or six times and I wrote a really big chunk of it in 2020. And then like, I haven't touched it since. And it's interesting because I was on a walk yesterday and I was like, you know, I think I'm just still not quite ready to really like go there and tell that story. Cause I haven't even really spent enough time with um, that part of myself. And so I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. coming well- it's funny because there's something that's in both of our charts. I mean, I guess we were born not too far apart at, you know, a couple months apart or something um, it, near each other. So some of our design is similar. Um, and we both have this 1333 channel, which, I, so I'm talking about human design for anyone who just jumping in. Human design gives you this chart. Um, I like to call it like astrology in motion. Uh, but we both have this thing. It's the 1333 channel. It goes from the identity center to the throat. And it's really like a storytelling channel. It wants to, from personal experience, but also help from other people's experiences, right? Take that and turn that into wisdom for Mm -hmm. the collective, but it like benefits from time, you know, like to, to really have, to be able to like clearly reflect and tell the story, um, yeah, sometimes you need that time. And I've, I've definitely felt that of like, wow, how could it be taking me so long? But, mm-hmm. you know, but sometimes that's what you need. And it just, it really depends on the project. But, um, you know, I've found like, I tried to do some projects. Uh, like I was trying to write a book when I was like 25. And it was about, it was called the portrait portrait of a highly sensitive millennial feminist on the verge of holy matrimony. Um, and I remember something vaguely about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And well, it was interesting because there's, I mean, there's so much packed in that, like that I, I want to talk about, which I probably will talk about more on my podcast. I like want to go into all these projects and dissect them, like what I've learned. Um, but there was a lot of ego in that book and, um, but all, and like a lot of desperation and a lot of like stuff that hadn't been healed yet, like with my family. So I ended up doing kind of a video series, um, right before our wedding. And I kind of went too far and I like, you know, um, for me, I, it, I, I could feel, what is it that I could feel? I could feel that I was sharing stuff that was a little too raw, um, particularly regarding family and that I, regret is kind of strong, but I could feel the dissonance of like, there's something about this that isn't right. That isn't good. And it needs time because now, 
a few years later or six years later, I guess, gosh, um, you know, I tell, or well, five, I tell that story completely differently. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have a whole totally different view on my family and it's much more integrated and um, respectful, you know? Yeah. I think it's interesting too. And from my experience, especially this year, I've learned that the things we came to heal are, there's no real set, like time, there's no rush, there's no timeline. Um, and I think sometimes we get in this rush because we really want to heal whatever that thing is and like move past those emotions or whatever it is in my experience. And I spoke about this a little bit in my Facebook group is when, at least in my experience, what I've learned is when we rush like healing, we're not really respecting the part of us that's still holding onto that pain. And we're like, I just want you to feel better. Like, you know, and it can really create a lot of fragmentation and like really like unpleasant, like things that start to manifest from rushing. And I think sometimes people get addicted to like that shadow work and they're just constantly trying to heal this and heal that and heal that. And it can be overwhelming for the nervous system. Yeah. That's really important point. Mm -hmm. So no rush. Yeah. So, <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about um, human design because yes. I don't know that much about it. I don't really know. I know a little bit more about astrology, mm-hmm. but uh, and human design, a couple people I know have just started to get into it and they're like posting some stuff on Facebook. And so it's captured my interest and I would like to know more. And I'm sure whoever's watching would like to know more too. Yeah. Um, human design is this system that puts together a lot of different other systems. It's like a synthesis of other systems. So like the chakra system and astrology and the I Ching and Kabbalah, like there's all of these things that kind of go into human design and it uses your birth time and your location, just like astrology does. Um, but then what it creates is this thing called there are really two views, but I'll focus on the body graph first. There's like a wheel like astrology, though it's got its own, you know, it's kind of more complex than that because it's including various systems. Um, but then there's a body graph view that looks more like a person and there are nine centers. And um, basically what it gives is a map of all of the potentials of human energy. Um, There are layers and layers and layers of information, so it can get very complex, um, which is what's needed to capture like the breadth of humanity, right? And what it shows you is where you have consistent energy, like from when you're born until you die, like this is energy that you are emitting out into other people that other people are taking in from you. That's everything that's colored in. And then everything that's white in the chart is where you are pulling in energy from other people. You're experiencing the world through their eyes um, or the like, quote unquote, astrological weather of the day um, that also we're feeling that. And um, yeah, and it's, it sounds, it's sort of like, well, what does that do? But what's cool about it is that it, gives you um, really practical advice is what I love about human design, especially the baseline like type strategy and authority. That's where anybody would probably start Um, with you is, um, and we can, we can talk about, I'll talk a little bit about type so we can just kind of um, get into that. 
because, you know, right, there are five types in, um, in human design and a story that it's like just a way to view it. People can get really trapped in human design. So I don't want that, right. It's not supposed to be limiting. It's supposed to like be an experiment. And I think that's really important to say, um, the founder who kind of channeled this information was like, you know, just try it, like, see if it makes your life better. Right. And if it doesn't, that's fine. But like, view this as an experiment. This is something that, um, you know, takes years to really master if, if you do resonate with it and you want to play with it. Um, but you know, there's no, there's no forcing here, right. You can, you can work in other ways. This is just going to help your energy flow like more easily and more from the truth of who you are, rather than you kind of picking up on what the world wants you to be or all of the yeah, everybody else's definition, right? Because you have your own definition. And um, so there are five types and um, we'll start with the manifester. That's my type, which is like eight, 9% of the population. And manifestors like get things started. Um, We don't have consistent energy, um, (laughs) but we do have like a burst of energy. And then that's what like, breaks things through and like breaks through, you know, resistance breaks through obstacles and kind of gets things going. Right. And then there, your type is projector, which also doesn't have consistent energy, but has the energy to guide, right. Really sees other people deeply, or sometimes sees systems deeply, can see the energy really clearly. um, And then can kind of feel into what is going to be the the best use of that energy, right? How does that energy need to move in order to be like well-spent? And that projectors are about 20% of the population. Um, Then we'll go to generators and manifesting generators. They're two different types, but they make up 70% of the population and they are both ultimately generators. And what that means is that they do have consistent energy. They Mm -hmm. wake up in the morning with a full tank of gas, you know, that wants to be spent, wants to be worn out by the end of the day, but in a way that feels satisfying to them, right? These are people that are built for work, but I think sometimes that can get misconstrued and being like, oh, well, why do I like, why am I the one that's like built for work? But the thing is when a generator or a manifesting generator is doing the right work, it feels so good to them. It's energizing to them. It's like, I'm going to show up and do something I love, something that really lights me up and gets me going. And at the end of the day, I'm going to feel really satisfied because I did that, you know? Um, And so they're really wonderful and, um, generators. And again, this is just like level one of the information. So there's lots of different layers, but generally generators tend to be your people that are more like specialized. They're like, I have this one thing that I really love and I want to like continue on a path of mastery towards that. And then manifesting generators are, um, more like do multiple things at once, or I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this, uh, this thing over here. And I'm going to do that thing over there. And it builds up, but they don't necessarily know how it's going to build up. It just eventually does. Um, and, and then finally the 
one percent of the population are reflectors, and they are completely open, um, and they are really supposed to be bringers of wisdom. In in my perspective, they are really affected by their environment. Like the core way we think about this is like if there was a village of a hundred people, you'd have a reflector, one reflector that should be in the center of the village. And then telling people like how well it's going, right? Are we, have we created a good society or not? Because the reflectors are so open that if it's not good, they're not going to be doing so well, you know, but if it is good, but they can really feel what's working and what's not working. So I think they should really be like honored and respected for that. Absolutely. So that makes a lot of sense because I'm a projector but I feel like I try to live my life more like I'm like the, the generator or, you know, mm-hmm. like I wake up and I'm like, I need to have all this energy. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do the things, but it doesn't always flow so easily or feel that way because I feel like there's still a part of me that's trying to like fight my human design and do maybe, you know, what a few of other people that I look up to, maybe they're, you know, the more of the, the generator type. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry if you heard that buzz, my laundry just stopped. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and it's and that's really easy to happen because, right, you have this open sacral center. And when we have centers that are undefined or open, um, and yours is technically undefined, uh, we amplify the energy of other people, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why we can feel like, because sometimes when you're around generators, you'll, you will get all this energy, right? You get amped up because you're amplifying their life force, but then you get home and you're exhausted because that wasn't yours, you know, and that doesn't make that wrong, right? It's nice to be around. I don't have a, I don't have my sacral center defined either. It's nice to be around that. And you just have to know, like at the end of the day, what is me and what do I need and not to burn yourself out on that energy because that's not going to be sustainable, right? You can tap into it, but it's not like it can't be day in, day out, you know? And it makes a lot more sense because, you know, I'm a a high school science teacher. I taught for seven years and I got so burnt out because I was constantly comparing myself to all the other teachers and trying to teach how they were teaching. Mm. And there was a huge disconnect and my students misbehaved all the time because they could, they didn't probably know what was going on, but they could sense that I was not being authentic and genuine. And I also had a lot of anxiety. So, you know, my classes were never quiet. It was always like chaos. And I, you know, it took time. And like, as I took two years off and never planned to go back, but I really started to reflect on like, oh, like I wasn't teaching how I wanted to teach, Mm. wasn't fitting what I needed for my energy or for my makeup. And so like this year, like after doing all that work, like I'm able to stay a lot more calm and grounded and like the complete opposite is like happening. Like my students are amazing. Like they are quiet, they are respectful, they get their work done. Like they might like, you know, cut up a little bit towards the end of class, but it's nothing like it was before. Wow. It's just like, yeah, like it really does like you know, when we shift our perspective and we learn how to go work with our human design or our energy, it can be completely different. And there's some days, you know, like Fridays, like where I'm really tired, but like most of the week, like I, you know, I don't, I don't have that same like energy zap. That I yeah. Use. Good. Good. That's awesome. And I'd be curious, like, you know, 
tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but for projectors, like your strategy is to wait for the invitation. And what that means is like, you need to feel recognized. You need to feel really invited by let's say the school, right? Someone with resources that says, Hey, you, you have something that we need. Right. And so here's what we're going to give you in exchange for that. And it does that feel supported, right? When that does, when you get that invitation that feels good to you, the situation works out better, right? Than if you were forcing your way in or somebody hired you, but you weren't really recognized by them, or you were just young and didn't even know really what that meant, you know? All, or all of the above. All of the above. <laughs> no, and I just, you know, I, I'm like, my intuition knew I just needed to find the right school, but I tried three and I didn't like them. It's like, well, mm. I just completely shifted counties and the school I'm at now, like, yeah, the administration is a lot more laid back and they trust that we know how to do our job. So they don't try to ma- micromanage and it's yeah. like, so to have like this freedom, like, I just feel like I can just like, Oh, I can just like kind of teach how I want to teach. And there's not like people telling me how I should do different things. And so it's been really, really interesting. So yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about when we have like the, the open or the undefined in our human design? Yeah. So if you look up your human design, you can go to like mybodygraph.com is a place I often recommend. We can put that link um, out for people, but you'll, you get this thing. Yeah. That's called a body graph and there are nine centers. And so like Kristen, for example, you have two centers that are colored in and you have seven centers that are, are um, white and actually all of your centers have uh, little red or black lines hanging off of them. Those are called hanging gates. And so that makes a center undefined. And then, but if you had a center, like I have two of my centers are completely white. There's nothing, nothing red or black, no lines hanging off of them. That means it's open. And those work a little bit differently, undefined, means that whatever gate is coming off of it, and there might be more than one, you are filtering that energy through that, um, through the expression of that gate. So for example, you have, and I have this too, actually, um, it, uh, an undefined Ajna, which is the mind center, and it has a hanging gate, gate 11, and that's a gate of ideas. And so when you come in contact with someone who has a defined mind, you'll kind of amplify that energy and it'll come through as a lot of different ideas, right? Now there are, which may not be yours to do, right? (laughs) They're just, they're just ideas. It's like part of what just comes out of you naturally versus, um, you know, someone that has, let's see, I think the 17 coming off of that, that's the gate of opinion, right? So Someone else, if they had, you know, what you have, except they had gate 17, when they get around someone else that has that, theirs will come into really strong opinions, right? Yeah. That so, makes much sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Because I notice, like, when I'm around people, like, I feel their energy, but it's like, but then sometimes, like, my thought, I will notice my thoughts, like, shift very subtly. And I'm just like, is this, like, even mine? Is this just how I'm interpreting their energy? Like, what's going on? So it's really... Yeah. I mean, it's very common. I have this, most people, the majority of people do have an open head and an open mind, which means, yeah, we take in, we take in stuff from other people. Um, and 
it pressures us, you know, it can pressure us to have, to question, to have questions, to have ideas, to um, feel the need to be certain. That's one of the like keynotes of that undefined Ajna is feeling like you have to be certain, um, but actually you're not built to be certain, <laughs> you know, you're built to be open-minded and to see lots of different perspectives, right? And, and that, that's a strength that can be a strength if you feel confident in that or, but if you don't, and you're feeling that pressure of like, oh, they need me to be certain. I have to know exactly like what is the exact right thing or exactly what I'm doing or exactly how X, Y, Z, the best way to do X, Y, Z. If you're putting pressure on yourself, it's just not, you're just not built for that, right? There are other people with defined ajnas that are built to hold certainty and to hold, um, you know, this is the way to do it. I like to use the example, like my husband has a defined Ajna and mine are, mine is um, undefined. And, you know, if he's teaching something like he's a, a mix engineer, he'll teach somebody like the exact right way to set up your pro tools session for the most ease as a mix engineer, right? It's awesome that he's certain about that, right? And that nobody could tell him otherwise. That's great. That's great for him to pass along. Me, I'm like, well, you know, if I'm working with someone and they're doing a creative project and we need to do some healing, right? I'm, I'm going to be open to feeling, well, what do they need? There are a lot of different ways we could go about this, right? But I'm going to look at your human design. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to like use my intuition and I'm going to see like what way is good right now, you know? Yeah, I'm just like, this is all just, I'm just kind of taking it in and it's, it's like, yeah, so interesting because until you really know some of these things about yourself and your human design, it's like, yeah, because I, like my father was very like, this is the way that it is. I feel like I've like picked up a lot of that and I, I try to be kind of rigid in a lot of my like routine and structure and things and it'll feel okay for a while. And then it's just like, it, it's like, yeah. So it's like, I'm kind of, you know, once again, like kind of fighting against my design instead of just like me allowing myself to be more open. Cause that's kind of how we're supposed to be. And, you know, being connected, you know, as a collective, um, especially now is something that's happening. That's really important. So yeah, you know, kind of like letting all this information soak in and it's just like, yeah, super interesting. Yeah. Um, when I found it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the missing piece. <laughs> you know, like this is, it just explains so much. And, and, and I love it as a tool, like, it, you know, it's gaining in popularity. I really hope it continues to, and I think it will because we need it, right? It brings so much acceptance for yourself and also like compassion and acceptance to other people. It's like, oh, right. Like this is the way I am and that's okay. And that's the way they are and maybe that's correct for them you know and it's okay that we're we're different like that we're learning you know absolutely so thank you so much I feel like we covered quite a bit in like our little our short time together that was cool from creative projects to human design and a little bit of things in between so is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up no I don't think so just um that my new website is, is up at carryvankirk.com and you can learn more about this stuff there. Um, I'm kind of focusing on, yeah, helping 
creatives complete their projects, know about themselves through human design, and then heal the underlying, um, you know, blocks or resistances or just stuff that's like ready to go, right? Like whatever you're ready to step into um, is what kind of the healing modality that I do, Universal Health Principles, helps you just be like, okay, let's clear out some of the, the cobwebs because there's something, there is the next best version of yourself and like you're ready for it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest. It's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot of new things. Um, and so, yeah, if you just check, um, there'll be links with, if you're watching on YouTube, there'll be in the, uh, the description. And if you, you know, the links will also be on my website as well. Thank you to everyone for listening or watching and we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for having me. Mm-hmm.